0: Hello, and welcome to the Big Egg Joshi Podcast, the podcast dedicated to introducing you to both new and old Joshi promotions. My name is Kay. So for today's episode, I'll be covering Tokyo Joshi Pro, or TJPW as most referred to it as. So, TJPW was formed in 2012, and was meant to be a sister promotion to the male promotion DDT. Uh, originally, the wrestlers wrestled on a mat, not unlike Gato Move currently does, um, these early shows had a focus on idol music and comedy and wrestling was sort of like a secondary to some extent Especially because most of them weren't very adept in the ring um, The wrestlers had to adhere to the uh, forbidden three rules Which is the rules set that AJW had established back in the day to sort of police the wrestlers and not doing anything They shouldn't uh, those rules are uh, no alcohol no boys and no smoking and or drugs However, uh, those rules have become more lax in recent years. As you know, if you follow any of them on social media, you've seen some of them go out and get drinks and stuff like that. And so, there's been some lax on those rules. They're not as hardcore on them these days, which I think is a good thing. I think you know don't want to hinder the roster from being you know people outside of their own wrestling stuff. So, to uh, to get back to the early days, there are at least four wrestlers in particular that uh, stood out, or at least that you if you go back and watch or can find some of the stuff that you would at least recognize um, the bigger one is Mio who's been there since day one Yuka Sakazaki a little bit the same and Shoko Nakajima these three have sort of been there since the beginning uh Yu who appeared early in some of those mat wrestling days but then eventually like left and came back and debuted as a full-time wrestler later on uh, she's also one of the names you might recognize or at least the faces you might recognize they went by different names Uh, Except for Miyu and Yuka, at least. Um, These four, though, would be sort of like the pillars of Tokyo Joshi Pro. Though At least three of them are the ones that they currently rely on, being Miyu, Yuka, and Shoko. As Yu left in 2018 to sort of go freelance and whatnot. So, as a a promotion, their first show, you know, their first show standalone, where they weren't an opener to DDT or weren't adjacent to any other uh, DDT properties or shows... Um, the first show as a promotion was January 30th, 2013 in Akihabara. And it only had two matches, um, one of which was a Sambo match with uh, one of the rookies that never really, one of the trainees that never really debuted being Chicago Akiba uh, against the, one of the referees for DDT, Daisuke Kiso. Um, you know, Kiso being, I guess, a Samba, ex- or a former Samba competitor. Uh, that was sort of the opening. And then the singles wrestling match was Miyomashita and Kana, not the W. Asuka Kana, but a different one spelled K-A-N-N-A, who sort of was involved with Tokyo Joshi Pro early on. Um, and this was all done on the mat, again, like Gato Move currently does. Uh, a notable thing early on is they didn't charge for these shows. All of them were free entry. Uh, this was mainly due to build a fan base around or get people at least interested to come and watch. Uh, a, lot, again, a lot of it was very underground feeling a very low cost sort of thing so they were trying to get people to come and sort of watch uh, that's why the idol stuff was there as well they would have like, singing and stuff like that you know just sort of build some popularity so all of this culminated in a, in a show featuring popular voice actress uh, Ai Shimizu so she was she showed up she you know, competed she's a wrestler, an actress and a wrestler um, so she wrestled a little bit and, uh, sort of got a big pop for them in terms of attention because she's, you know, a popular wrestler and voice actress. And, uh, and this happened in November of 2014. So not too long after that, on February 28th, 2015, they had their first real show. Their first, uh, show complete with Ring, uh, Ring Crew and things like that. And this was done in Shinjiku Face where Aishimizu and Saki Akai, who, if you watch DDT, you'd probably know her from there, um, if you watch, if you have already familiar with Tokyo Joshi Pro, or at least if you get into Tokyo Joshi Pro, she goes under Saki-sama, she appears here and there, but, uh, Saki Kai is also a pretty, pretty popular, uh, model and, I believe, voice actress, um, both announced that they would be wrestling in Tokyo Joshi Pro, and then they also brought out a few trainees, or. Few that had already debuted, but were also among in the mix. But they brought out a bunch of trainees with them. Uh, a side note: speaking of some of the people you might recognize, you might recognize a few familiar faces among that group of people that they had standing in the ring with them. Uh, a very blonde Shoko Nakajima, um, a baby-faced Nodoka Tenma, a uh, very very rookie, young looking Nodoka, um, both who had already debuted, but were still very very early. Um, Notica especially had only I think wrestled twice so in 2016 uh, is where Tokyo Joshi Pro really started to take off in terms of popularity this is sort of like the, the culmination of their sort of build up as a promotion to get to where they are um, now so in 2016 they got a lot of momentum and a lot of that had to do with the, um, the this in the 2016 the debut of Maki Ito popular former idol turned wrestler Makito, many of you probably have at least heard of her um her and mizuki who was already a popular wrestler outside of tokyo joshi pro and so she signed a deal making tjpw her primary place to wrestle she's still technically a freelancer but um tokyo joshi pro gets priority bookings for her and so that was sort of a big get for them um they also saw the Debut of the popular zombie-themed wrestler Maho Karane. Uh, she debuted in the same year. So he had three really popular sort of acts come in 2016 that helped propel that momentum. Um, January 4th, 2016, though, uh, to go to the beginning of that year, saw Tokyo Joshi Pro run their very first ever Korkin Hall show, uh, which main event was main evented by Miyu Yamashita versus Shoko Nakajima to decide the uh first ever princess of princess champion which is their main belt um it was a very good match i recommend it uh, doesn't they don't they're not as good as they are now but there's definitely you can see a lot of that there um this show is also the show where you officially made her debut after sort of showing up on some of the um the match shows and then kind of disappearing for a little bit um but that's where sort of she debuted and she became sort of like a big figure early on for them um however in spring of 2016 so the year they had all this momentum Aishimizu officially announced her departure from Tokyo Joshi Pro um but despite that they just continued to gain momentum uh sort of giving this theme for Tokyo Joshi Pro they've had since then they've had wrestlers leave and retire or go elsewhere and they somehow still managed to keep not only new rookies coming and replace them but also keep this momentum going That hasn't really slowed um but also in 2016 they had a tv deal that they scored with an idle channel an idle focused channel so a lot more people were able to actually see them because they were on a television show it wasn't a national one but it was one that you could at least find them on you got more eyes onto tokyo joshi pro so the following year they held their i guess at this point now annual january 4th quirk show this time in 2017 which was main evented by Yu versus Shoko Nakajima for the Princess of Princess title. Uh, it was a decent match. Um, very early, Shoko was sort of hit or miss, but this uh, also this is also the year that saw the debut of the Up Up Girls. Um, or at least the concept concept of the Up Up Girls. They didn't debut until later in the year, but the Up Up Girls are an idol centric wrestling group that Tokyo Joshi Pro formed. And sort of branched off of an actual idol group that the parent company also owns called the Up Up Girls. Uh, originally there was four. There's you know currently now three of them, but they sort of did their first you know sort of appearance in December of that year, doing a little bit of a concert. Though they didn't really debut in ring until January fourth, twenty eighteen, Korokin. So uh, speaking of the January fourth, twenty eighteen, Korokin... This show was their uh, first ever show to have over a thousand people show up, which was a big, big deal for them. Um, all other milestones from this show are uh, it was the first one to be broadcast by a parent company of Bema TV, um, which is just a big, big sort of streaming TV platform over in Japan. Uh, and also, they're the parent company of GDT and Tokyo Joshi Pro, but this was the first time that they put uh, a TJPW show broadcasted on their main television show networks. Um, this is also the first live stream show for, on the DDT Universe, or I guess Wrestle Universe is it's called now. But it was the first Tokyo Joshi Pro show to be live streamed, and it was definitely showing signs of success for Tokyo Joshi Pro. Like the momentum sort of started paying off with some of these moves that were just making them more and more sort of getting momentum. The um, the show though, the January fourth, twenty eighteen Korakuen, was main evented by Miyu Yamashita versus Reika Saiki. For the Princess of Princess Bell, uh, which I highly recommend this match it was very very good um, if you can find it it's on their site it's on DTT universe it's a very very good match so continuing to 2019 they uh, signed a deal with popular wrestler and former member of Actress Girls uh, Natsumi Maki to have her in uh, TJPW as her primary promotion much in the same way Musiki does so Natsumi Maki is a freelancer but, Tokyo Joshi Pro is sort of her home promotion that gets primary booking over her. Um, she was uh, initially came in with a little bit of controversy. I think I've covered a bit of that in the Actors Girls episode. Um, but, when she came in, the Tokyo Joshi Pro fanbase immediately started embracing her. She became really popular almost overnight. Um, this year, uh, the 29- in 2019, their Kurekin show, the January 4th, 2019 one, saw 13,000 fans which has been their biggest attendance in kirk so far uh, but that was big and this year in 2019 also saw the debut of the international princess championship sort of their secondary belt to go along with their main belt and their tag belts uh, Natsumaki being their inaugural champion uh, winning a tournament and beating Giselle Shaw in the main event to uh, be crowned the first ever champion um, also in 2019 uh, many of you probably are at least, at least aware of this they formed a partnership with AEW, which has seen a uh, few wrestlers, uh, Shoko Nakajima and Yuka Sakazaki, uh, appear on AEW shows, so at least getting some more eyeballs on them. Um, so just from what I've told you here, just this isn't even covering a everything. There's still a few things that I haven't covered because they're not as important, but just alone, this shows that they have been gaining popularity and they really haven't slowed down since 2016. I mean, sure, they're not gaining the same amount of momentum as they did right off the bat, but they're still gaining in popularity. Everything from just shows being sold out to merch selling quickly, uh, being able to travel to more places, sell out more arenas. Um, this is despite the fact that they've lost people like you who ret- who left, and uh, Maho Korone, who retired, as well as um, very popular former idol-turned-wrestler, Azusa Takigawa, um, also leaving. So, you know, despite these departures, and uh, more recently Yuna Monase announcing her departure from Tokyo Joshi Pro, they've still managed to keep not only new rookies coming in, and so keeping that roster stacked with more talent, more fresh talent coming in, but also they're very, very popular, keeping the momentum, nothing's really slowed them down. Um, so moving on to sort of the notable wrestlers of Tokyo Joshi Pro, uh, for this... Um, I'm going to exclude Natsumi Maki, as I sort of covered her more in the Actress Girls episode, and as of this recording, as of this episode, she's still a little more prominent in terms of the Actress Girls history, as compared to the Tokyo Joshi Pro history, as she's really only wrestled a year. She's been there too, but she was hurt for a while, so she had the the amount of impact uh, that she had in Actress Girls in Tokyo Joshi Pro, so I really don't feel like I need to mention her right away. um... So to sort of get into the wrestlers, we'll start with uh, Miyu Yamashita. She was trained by Cherry. Uh, quite a few of the early wrestlers were trained by Cherry, um, which is... She's a, a legend in her own right, uh, but she trained a lot of the early wrestlers, but she was trained by Cherry. Uh, her nickname is the Pink Striker. She is the ace of Tokyo Joshi Pro. Uh, some of her signature moves are a super kick, an attitude adjustment, a skull kick, which looks brutal, a Brazilian kick, which is really cool looking, and her finisher called Crashing Rabbit Heat, which is like a running knee mo- uh strike. Again, she's the ace of Tokyo Joshi Pro, widely regarded as the best wrestler on the roster, very proficient striker, has some of the most legit looking strikes in Joshi in general. Like if you just see her striking people, it looks like she's actually sort of fighting somebody in a shoot fight. It's pretty crazy how good she is. Um, she is one of two wrestlers ever to hold the Princess of Princess Belt twice, the other one being Yuka Sakazaki, who only recently won her, has had her second run. Also, she has one of the most badass entrances. She just looks so damn cool in her entrance. And even if you just want to check out her entrance, just check that out alone. She's so cool. She just exudes this aura of just really cool. Um, so to go to the next person, Shoko Nakajima, uh, who was also trained by Cherry, uh, goes by the name Big Kaiju. Which is sort of a funny thing because she's pretty short. She's like about 4 foot and change. And she goes she calls herself Big Kaiju. It's, it's really cool. Um, her, her signature moves are a Northern Light Suplex. A 619. And it's something called a Rider Kick. Um, as you can tell by her nickname, Big Kaiju. She loves Kaiju stuff. Or if you don't know what Kaiju is, like a giant monsters. Kind of like Godzilla and stuff like that. Sort of that ilk of things. Uh, she also really loves Kamen Rider and Super Sentai. Uh Super Sentai is sort of the original Power Rangers over in Japan over in Japan. She has a uh, very good reaction to both comedy and serious stuff. So she her facial expressions are really good. So she can sell comedy really well, serious stuff really well. She does a really good a job, especially when she's getting beat up, making you feel sorry for her by just how her facial expressions are and how well she sells getting beat up. Uh very solid. She's a very solid in-ring worker. She's at the best on the roster, but she's always able to give a solid match. You'll never really get a bad match out of her typically. Um, she, so she's a good, a good solid hand that they have. So moving on next is Yuka Sakazaki, also trained by Cherry. Um, nickname is the Magical Girl and her moves are themed as such. Her, the Magical Girl Splash, Magical Girl Kick and the Yuka Drill. She is a incredibly great comedy wrestler just seeing her for five seconds, she is insanely great. at Just comedic timing and improvisation of her comedy. Uh, she just knows how to react no matter what the situation, and it, all of it has to all of it fits within the character that she plays. It's kind of kind of crazy how well she plays this character of a crazy sort of wild magical girl, and it sort of works. She sort of gets her character really well. Um, she's really good, at, like I said, at improv on the mic, uh, inside the ring, outside the ring. It doesn't really matter. She's just really good at just getting stuff on the fly. There's several instances where I've seen somebody mess up something in the ring. And she just knows how to play it off really well. It's really, really cool. Um, she's a crazy high flyer. An absolute joy to watch. She will You will never be, I guarantee you, you will never be bored watching a Yuka Sakazaki match. Everything about her matches is just entertaining from start to finish. Uh, everything from the noises she makes while she's being if she's tagging the noises she's making while she's sitting there waiting to be tagged the facial expressions her in-ring moves just an entertaining wrestler all around uh moving on next is a another wrestler called hyper missile um so really don't know who she who's trained her uh, there's a few of them that have been this way especially after you know they early after the first class um her nickname is the wrestling superhero Now, granted, she had went through a phase where she didn't wear the superhero mask and was a heel, but as of right now, she's back to being the superhero. Um, Some of her moves are the venitas, high palmy returns, which is like a final cut, if you know what that move is, um, and a diving crossbody, which she calls, uh, I want to be a hero. It's really funny, actually. Um, Very good comedy wrestler, by the way. Uh, She was a shut-in and ate nothing but convenience store mini chocolate muffins for... I think she said about two years, and uh, was depressed, and sort of lost her her lost her way in life, until she came across a Jun Kansai match, uh, of all things, which immediately made her fall in love with pro wrestling, and she joined the Tokyo Joshi Pro Dojo the next day, like literally the next day. Um, her words were, if she didn't get up and do it now, she was never going to do it, so she just signed up immediately. Um, this whole thing of her backstory, real-life backstory, mind you, sort of came and came to a head when she challenged jun kasai who's of ddt uh part of the dt roster to having a death match um involving mini chocolate muffins uh sort of the match was you had to eat i think three muffins and then you can pin somebody it was it's a very good funny match if you can really watch it i highly recommend it actually um it's sort of up on their service uh, if you really, if you want to check it out, it was a treat. It's a treat to watch. It was a really good show. Uh, it's on the May 3rd, 2018, 20, 2018 uh, TJPW show. It's very, very good. I highly recommend it. Uh, again, she's a very good comedy wrestler, but she's also really good in ring. And I feel like because she's so good at comedy, so that gets kind of, un- that's kind of gets ignored. It's, she's very underrated. She's a pretty good wrestler, actually, by all, by all accounts. So next is uh, Maki Ito, the one I think pretty much anyone is at least heard or seen her to some extent right we don't know who trained her so that's another one of the unknown trained um her nickname is the cutest in the world and she's great her signature moves are the flying headbutt the ito special and the ito deluxe both are sort of the ito special and deluxe are sort of um texas cloverleaf variants so she's got submission a leg submission like a boston crab sort of thing um she again the one most people know She's incredibly popular, especially on Twitter, where she posts bad words that she's learned in English. Uh, if you haven't followed her or just don't know about her Twitter, is please by all means follow her. You will not regret it. It is insanely entertaining. Just some of the stuff she posts is just wild. Um, so for her backstory a little bit, she was a former idol of the group called Link, uh, which is also sort of owned by the same parent company, but she um, she wasn't really popular. So she left eventually when Link had a joint show, had a thing where they showed up in the DDT show and she, they were all like lumberjacks and stuff. She sort of got really, po- really popular from that. And um, as a result, she started appearing more in Tokyo Joshi Pro as well as doing the idol stuff. But she wasn't very popular as an idol. And so eventually she left being an idol and joined me and started full-time as a wrestler. However, in storyline... Uh, she was fired as an idol and could only rely on pro wrestling. So it's it's one of those things where it's really hard to tell the, tell the difference because she always goes with the being fired thing. But in reality, she, she just quit being an idol because she wasn't very popular and she was getting a lot of popularity in wrestling. Um, amazing comedy, one of the best, I think, on the roster, just in pure comedy work, uh, especially now that she's also improving in ring. Um, she excels at her character work, much like Yuka, she sort of knows how to react within her character, no matter what the situation, um, even in improv-wise, I've seen her just do these weird things, uh, something doesn't go ar- something goes awry, and she reacts in, like, the most perfect way that you would expect the Maki Ito character to react. And so when I say character, because, um, if you've seen, like, maybe, like, an Instagram live stream of her, or some of the other stuff where she had to sit down and talk with people, She's actually quite a sweet person, a very, very nice, sort of funny and sweet person. Sometimes a little shy, but, you know, the character that she plays is very much the opposite of that, which is kind of funny. Um, she's, you know, brash, foul-mouthed, hard-headed, and uses the middle finger a whole lot. So she's just she's my favorite, personally, in Tokyo Joshi Pro. And so to to talk about the titles next, we have the Princess of Princess title, This is their main championship belt, uh, the one that they usually all wrestle for. Um, The current champion, as of this episode, is Yuka Sakazaki, uh, with uh, Miyu Yamashita holding not only the defense record at 10, but also the most days held at uh, over 400, I believe. The next belt is the International Princess Championship, which was just newly introduced, uh, so not a lot of history with it. The inaugural champion, as I had mentioned earlier, was Natsumi Maki, The current champions of this episode is Thunder Rosa, who's uh, currently not able to defend it given situations happening uh, current day. Um, Makito, though, holds the record for the defenses at 2. So again, the belt hasn't been around very long. The next belt is the Princess Tag Championships with uh, Mizuki and Yuka Sakazaki, sort of the magical Tsugurubas as they called themselves at the time, holding the defense record at 6. The current champions being reika saiki i mean i'm sorry uh, rika tatsumi and um and Miu wataname, wataname of the up up girls and so that'll that'll do it for this episode um here this episode seven uh if anything in this episode has interested you at all in checking out tokyo joji pro they have a streaming service uh over the ddt or rest slash wrestling universe whichever it's going by at this point Um, It not only has Tokyo Joshi Pro stuff, but also has DDT and NOAA stuff, so if you dig yourself some male wrestling on top of your Joshi, they have both of those and many, many other things. Um, And sometimes Tokyo Joshi Pro wrestlers show up in DDT, which is always a treat whenever that happens. Um, It's just $10 US. It's well worth your money. It's like a steal, honestly, given how many live stream shows you get of not only Tokyo Joshi Pro, who stream a lot of their own stuff. But also just DDT proper and Noah, So that's sort of a... If you want to check them out, go there. As of as of the announcement that I had mentioned previously in the Marvelous episode, um, I will be doing, starting next week, I will be doing a four-episode series on AJW. Now, I'm choosing to do four episodes because there's so much to cover that I feel like I won't be able to do it justice if I just cover it in one or two episodes. Especially because there's so much history just in 10 year spans of that company. Um so the first episode, which will be next week, will be not only a sort of primer for the setup for Tokyo for um AJW, but also will cover the 10 year span from the 19, from 1970 to 1979. That'll be the first episode. So next week will be AJW 1970 to 1979. Um, and then after that will be 1980 to 1989, 1990 to 1999, and then 2000 to 2005 when they close. So please uh, look forward to that. I'm going to probably be probably you know, doing a lot of research and a lot of effort into that one. So please look forward to it. Um, with that said, I've been Kay, and remember enjoy Joshi Pro Wrestling.